Well, hey everyone, this is Bobby. Hey, this is Jared. Here we are in episode four. It's our Christmas edition. Yeah, this is good. And uh, we are coming to you again from the mountains of West Virginia, which I hope will be an important component of this podcast. Uh, we're out in, uh, in my home, uh, which is way at the end of a gravel road. Uh, we're literally a stone's throw away from a, 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 an abandoned coal mine. Yeah, and he has um, security goats. I have security goats walking around. Uh, security as in uh, they're completely friendly, and the only people they attack is each other. <laughs> I uh, When I walked up, I was, I was telling them coming. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be fun. I didn't think they were going to do anything harmful to me. I just thought this is kind of cool to see goats greeting me at the, <laughs> at the door. <laughs> uh, they want to know if you have food. Yeah. Uh, anytime a, a goat comes up to you, it's looking for something to eat. And if you have nothing to eat, it will try uh, your shirt or your coat, mm-hmm. uh, some of your hair. Yeah, well, I think that they, oh, that's a chubby guy getting out of the car. He has to have food. Right. And they were wrong. They were wrong of. because, number one, they're vegetarian. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Or unless you were carrying around, like, some lettuce or something. Well, I had some donuts in my hand. Yeah, they don't like that. Yeah, they so, won't eat the donuts. No. But anyway, hey, <laughs> welcome to episode four of the Frankincense Thanks. Podcast. We are excited to be here with you today. Um, yeah. No, we it's uh, getting close to Christmas. It is. It really is. And um, I'm, I'm feeling it. I, I didn't think I was going to feel it. I sort of mentally skipped Christmas last year. Mm. I don't always get the warm fuzzies. And then I go, you know what? I'm just going to forget about it. Uh, yeah. But this year, uh, I'm feeling it. So yeah, I think well, I'm on to acknowledge Christmas every other year. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, the, thing, the thing about it was last year, I felt like it was an abnormally um, uh, mild winter. Did it? Okay. I mean, to me anyway, yeah. it, felt, it felt very warm, um, and it took a while for snow to hit and that kind of stuff. Or yeah, you know, and I was mowing into like November, <laughs> and um, it's been snowing here. Yeah, and it's uh, been since snowing. before Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, so for me, kind of the cold weather, and all that makes me recognize that it, it is kind of a Christmas time. Yeah. Um, we are in Advent. Tomorrow is the if you, you know if you're that kind of uh, Christian person who. Uh, observes Advent. The second Sunday of it is tomorrow, so that'll sort of date us here. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Because we we are recording this before this episode comes out. But yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Advent is it's a time of I mean, expectation. You know, I mean that's what it yeah. is. It's like you are expecting. Um, great things you're expecting. I like it. It's a little bit of role play, really. It's like we try to take ourselves back in time and pretend that we are still waiting for Jesus. Yes. Knowing full well that December 25th will be the day when we say Jesus is here. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and that's, um, and I think that's so big. I mean, for us to remember that we are waiting, but now we're waiting for his return more than anything, Mm -hmm. you know. But, and and we'll probably one day in in this podcast, we'll probably get to the um, idea of what are we really waiting for. Yeah, because, um, you know, we're not sitting and waiting. Like, this is a lost cause. Jesus, come back. I mean, Jesus commanded us to do some things. Yeah. And he said, uh, you know, um, in the Lord's Prayer, uh, speaking to the Father, you know, your, uh, your, um, your will be done. You know, on earth, yeah, as it is in heaven. On earth, as it is in heaven. So when we say kingdom come, we mean that uh, the kingdom is here now mm-hmm. uh, in the church, uh, in the body of believers, and that we are to be living uh, the kingdom of God right now. Yeah, which is a good segue into what we're going to be talking about. That's what we're talking about because this season, um, you know, charity uh, comes into play big yeah. time. You know, you see the 
the Salvation Army bell ringers. You know, yeah. everybody sees them, and and you know they're ringing the bell, and you put the money in the in the little pot thing. And one of my favorite episodes on Friends is um, you watch Friends, right? Yeah, I think I did. I've yeah, seen Friends. So when Phoebe was doing the bell ringing, yeah, and, and then and then you know the. There's like a fire that starts in her bucket, <laughs> like all this stuff. People throwing trash in her bucket. She flips out. And okay, that sounds a lot funnier than I remember. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it actually, I mean, for it, me, Phoebe was the highlight of that show. Oh, so. she she was a crack up. But yeah. but anyway, so but yeah, that was kind of what was happening there. But but charity, um, you know, to giving, you know, I we just participated um, in this the. You know, I think it's the Tuesday after Cyber Monday. They do Giving Tuesday, okay. which is a big push to get people to say, you know what, you bought all the things for yourself. Now <laughs> let's go ahead and give something back, right? Maybe it's a way to repent after you punch somebody over a flat screen, you know, yeah. over a plasma screen TV. Yeah, you just oh my got... gosh, I just said flat screen TV like it's the year 1999, uh, and those are new. I'm, uh, yeah, all the TVs are flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen a tube TV for a long time. But um, no, my dad. Used to repair TVs and yeah. VCRs and stuff, and so it's kind of funny whenever I think about the tube TVs because like he used to have to unscrew and pull out the back and then figure it was crazy. But anyway, all we, that to we come still back have to... them at high school. By the way, we do the school news on a CRT, and I'm telling you, a kid who's not very observant came into class the other day, looked up at it, and said, "Mr. Brown, is that a new TV?" Whoa, whoa! <laughs> and it was a tube TV from it. It's it's been there since before I started teaching there. So. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Probably from about 1995. So yeah. Well, anyway, so so we we started talking about this because of the fact that their charity giving all that stuff kind of comes into light this season. You know, okay. everybody wants to give, right? And and some people want to give because tax breaks. Um, <laughs> I've know. never been in that. Yeah, that socioeconomics class there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the, the tax breaks that come with giving. I mean, yeah. it's it's great that the government allows that, but oh, I think that yeah. there's a shift in how they're doing that now. I don't know. I don't uh, math and financial <laughs> stuff. My, my wife is the one that handles. All I basically that. have no idea because it's never affected me. Yeah. I don't think I've ever itemized my taxes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we just whatever whatever our tax person tells us to do, we do <laughs> right. it. I don't know. Right, same um, here. Yeah. We're trying. We're trying to learn, but. But so you have that, and then you have the the givers that are like, you know what, we we do have some excess. Let's go ahead and give, and and that's great. But then you have the people who are you know giving, um, you know, because they sincerely want to give. Mm-hmm. But the question that comes into play is, why are we giving? Um, are you giving because it makes you feel better? Are you giving because it's an obligation? Are you giving because Sincerely, you're giving freely without caring about what happens with what you give. Okay. Um, so, because there there are kind of the three the three boxes, I guess you can say. There's probably other boxes, but those are the three boxes I'm going to be kind of kind of approaching it from from my perspective. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on it because um, one of the things that I, I recognize and what I have heard actually recently, uh, so the food pantries, right? Food pantries in our area, they yeah. get. They get loaded with food, yeah. but then they also get into crisis mode at times, and they get all their stuff taken because people have been, you know, needing the food, and right. so they take it home and they use it for whatever they do. Um, there's been some comments that have been made uh, from some people around the food pantries of, well, you know, um, we kind of limit our uh, letting people know about us because we don't want people taking advantage of us. Um, you have people who are getting upset because they give to 
they give their food to a group or whatever, and then that group says, well, you know, we're going to put it in a box, and then they can they um, they can get it out of that box, or they can you know, and, and so it kind of goes throughout different communities. Okay. Um, you have people who will give clothes, but they kind of if they find out or they give money. Like, how about I go this way? They go, they give money to a big nonprofit organization, and they find out that that nonprofit a large portion of the money they're giving is going to fund their staff. Okay. And a portion of it is going to help do the projects that they're saying they're going to accomplish. Um, yeah, and you, by the way, usually when I hear uh, something like that, I, I usually it's usually because someone has shared it on social media. Yeah. And uh, I I don't know. I, I Sometimes I feel like uh, I can't tell if it's true or not. You know? Yeah. So, well, from working with a nonprofit at one point in time. Right, which you used to do. I did. You used to work with a... An organization that I believe it was mentioned in a previous podcast. Probably. So if you want to do your research, you can find out where he used to work. Yeah. However, uh, you, you, you would, uh, a big place that would get donations and then try to appropriate those to uh, the, the the very needy people. Yes. Right? And they would do they do projects all over the world. However, a good portion of what's given goes to funding the staff. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not going to say like it's you know it's not like an eighty twenty you know but it's like you right. know because I don't think that's really where it's at. I could be wrong honestly, okay. but because um, I, I I haven't worked with them for several years. But they were doing they they do great work around the world, but they have to fund the staff to get the job done. And so sure. and so people got upset. Some people did. Oh my gosh, I gave so so much money, and I found out now that this portion doesn't even make it to the people that they're supposed to be serving. And then I think to myself, well, because. If you looked at the mission statement of this organization, they're doing community development. They are empowering the communities to do their own work. They're equipping them with the skills to accomplish their, their, the, the things that they need to get done. Um, but they need staff to be able to send over there and keep them sustained while they're there to equip these people. So now for us, it's like – in my mind, I'm thinking, are you giving with the right mindset? And to be fair – I understand it's our money. You know, we want our money. When we give our money, we want it to be to be done. We want stuff to be done with it properly. We want it to be handled properly. Yes, I get it. But is there a point when we start being too concerned about how the money is being distributed, and so then we start to say, "Well, this is my money. Right? Why aren't you doing with it with what I expect you to do with it?" As opposed to saying. Um, no, I'm giving it to you. You do with it what, what you need to get done as long as it's not shady. And if it comes out that it's shady, then that's on you. That's not on me. I gave <laughs> I gave with a willing heart. I gave yeah. with, a, with an open mind and an open hand saying God has gifted me, right? If you, if you are a follower of Christ, God has gifted us with excess. And should we be giving out of excess? I don't know. But, but the, the excess that we do have, you know, we should be giving – and, and caring for the needy and caring for the poor and caring for the hungry and caring for the, the people who need clothes. And so when you give without concern, I believe that's like almost – that's almost the right spirit if that makes sense. When you give without concern, um, going into the Good Samaritan story, right? Um, I'll, I'll kind of use this to kind of paint the picture of why I'm saying this. Okay. So the Good Samaritan story – Jesus, we talked about this in the last episode, but Jesus speaks to the lawyer who's asking, who's my neighbor, tells the story of the Good Samaritan. Uh, We've labeled it that. The man who gets beat up, robbed, laying in a ditch, religious leaders walk past him, you know, the the people that should be caring for him walk past him. Yeah. But then the Samaritan, the dirty person, the one that, you know, Jewish culture would say, 
they're they're gross. They're 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 not supposed to be even near us. You know, right? The and, idea was that they were um, uh, half one ethnicity, half the other, and didn't really belong with uh, either group. Right. So. And so the Samaritan comes along, sees the man in the ditch, picks him up, takes him to an inn, says, "Take care of him. I'm paying for it, and anything else." Let me know, and I will care. I will take care of his needs there too. Yeah. Now the Samaritan. That is beautiful. Yes, that's perfect. The Samaritan did more. Yeah. Than what really he should have. I mean, like he could have just taken the guy, dropped him off at the inn, and said, "Hey, look, you guys need to take care of this guy. Right. I gotta go." That was a that's a kind gesture. Mm-hmm. But instead, he pays for his he pays for his lodging, pays for his meals, and says that if there's anything that he has extra, like extra, if he if he ended up purchasing cable. You know, or something like that. While he's there, if he started watching some movies, you know, go ahead and put it on a bill, and I'll pay for it. Okay. You know, if he got room service, let me know. I'm thinking that meant food and drink because uh, an inn um, in those days uh, would also have kind of a, a place to eat in it. Yeah, and I'm sure they had to pay for Wi-Fi at that point. So, <laughs> so they had dial-up. Yeah, they, back then they had dial-up. It was horrible. And tube TVs. Yeah, and tube TVs. <laughs> right, and so. In that moment, though, he's saying anything extra that needs to be taken care of, let me know. I'll pay for it. So he went above and beyond mm-hmm. what was necessary. And I think above and beyond what we think would be necessary in our culture. I think that we would say, no, I mean, I, mean, I gave a guy a ride. You know, like instead <laughs> of saying, I gave a guy a ride and I gave him 50 bucks. That way he'd be able to buy some food and then purchase some gas or even. Which is a lot. Yeah. But to say, listen, uh, whatever bills this guy runs up while I'm gone, can you give me a call. Yeah. I'll take care of it. You yeah. know. Or I mean, and then some people would be like, "Whoa, dude, that's a little bit extreme." Like, are you it serious? is extreme. It is. It is yeah. exactly that. Exactly what it is. But see, the thing is, though, the Samaritan gave without concern. Right. He gave without care. He 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 was going above and beyond because he felt that, that was what he needed to do to care for his fellow man. So for us as Christians, when we look at this teaching, our mindset should never be a idea of. Or an idea of sorry, English teacher. I'm gonna make sure I use the right proper thing on that. But <laughs> but an idea of saying I'm giving without concern. I'm gonna trust that the money will be handled properly. The Samaritan didn't say you better take care of this guy, or are you going to? Or he didn't say can you give me an account of what you did right. for him, or what percentage of this money is going to go pay the the bill for the inn? I mean, right. you know, is any of this going to go towards your staff? <laughs> Yeah, it's a I, I'm giving to care for my neighbor because my neighbor needs it. And point is, it's paying for his stay at the end. Yes, that's what it's. Well, whatever the innkeeper has to do with it to make that happen. Right, right. And so that's why for me, when I look at charity, right, I look at giving, and you know, churches talk about giving all the time, and people have said, well, you know, look, this is a church always asking for money. Well, you know, the, <laughs> the reality of it is that churches need money right we need money to function you have to pay for your staff you have to pay for the rent you have to pay for the mortgage you have to pay for the utilities oh goodness utilities i heard about as someone was talking about uh they had a friend who uh basically they wanted to get off of money so they decided to go on the barter system but the bartering system didn't work when you try to barter with the electric company (laughs) there's literally nothing you could give them you know it's like listen i have uh, i have two goats uh i have six beaver pelts and I have some deer meat. Can I trade that for electricity this month? You know, yeah. it doesn't work. So, no, no real, some real actual cash dollars go into keeping a building open, having water. Right. Yeah. And and it's like we we get so upset when churches are like, well, you're always asking us for money. Well, because we we have to pay for things. You know, it's not like we're just kind of going free. Like mm-hmm. the, the government's going, oh, you're a church. We don't have to. You don't have to pay for anything. Mm-hmm. No, you have to. Um, 
oh, you're a pastor? You shouldn't ha- you don't need to make that much money. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, like, I'm not saying a pastor has to make millions, like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But I am saying, like, a pastor still has to live. Work, worker earns his wages. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And uh, I could see that, you yeah. know. And so, anyway, so people start saying, well, you know, how's that money being handled? Yes, there should be a clear documentation saying, this is where the money's going. Here's the budget. This mm-hmm. is where the money went. This is how it works. I, I, I'm totally with that. Right. Which your average church does that. Yeah. Has a financial meeting. Mine does. I never stay because I don't care. Yeah. But uh, I do know that they will give me a printout of their Excel spreadsheet mm-hmm. <laughs> and show where that money is going. Yeah. So. And we're – and, um, you know – our church is moving in that direction because we're still a church plant. But but every church that I've been a part of has had something like that, so it's yeah. very clear. There's so, accountability, yeah. with the with the people who give, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, you know, organizations, uh, nonprofits, they do the same thing. Like this is where our money's going, and I think ultimately, like that's that's where you should just really be worried about as to what you're giving is, um, you know, are you handling it the correctly, as opposed to are you just using our money to go on yachts and go deep sea fishing. Well, put a little time in it. Um, that's what that's my recommendation. If I got concerned that uh, an organization that I was giving to, uh, you know, if I was concerned about uh, how much they were paying their workers or or if they were paying their workers, I would go there. So the place where I used to work, you know, um, I've been there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I visited there several times uh, before you even had, had moved here, really. Mm-hmm. And um, you know. Y- y- Take a look around there and see what they're doing. Look at the people. Look at uh, how many uh, you know how many people have to be there full time to keep that place operating to keep the donations going out. Because the place we used to work, they would accept building materials, and so there had to be a forklift driver. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't know. If it, it's a skill to drive a forklift. I mean, you have to have a license, you know. And stuff's coming in all day long, you know. And you're 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 distributing it. You got to load trucks. There's someone with a truck that takes it to the building location. And if we're gonna build a house for some people. Um, we, you know, there has to be someone drive it there, unload it, you know, there have to be people like put it together, you know, mm-hmm. um, not every, um, not every person, uh, who's in poverty has the, the ability to install their own oven or, you know, their own kitchen countertop, you mm-hmm. know? And so those things were going to good places, but it took people working all day long. Uh, not necessarily something that you would want to leave, um, to a, uh, two hours a week volunteer. Right. And then, you know, to take the next step is that when they're in Africa, India, you know, other places that they're they're serving in, and they're trying to show these people or teach these people new skills, how to maintain a well, you know, a well that is now dug to give them clean water, to maintain that, how do they do that well? Now, granted, there are organizations like um, Charity Water mm-hmm. is an organization that 100% of their money goes towards the projects, and that's yeah. fantastic. That's beautiful when that's, that can happen. Yes, but they also Perfect. have a lot of donors that have said, you know what, we see your model, we want to give to that. Right. So now they have outside donors that are helping to support their staff mm-hmm. and to support them as they go out. That's fantastic. Um, but not every organization can do that model. No. Uh, and so, but again, it's the idea of accountability, making sure that you know they're handling their money correctly, demonstrating that they're handling their money correctly, um, basically show fruit from the money that they're receiving. Right? I think that's huge. But now, from the organizational standpoint, now we're going to go to the people, us, okay. individuals. Because our hearts have to be right when we're giving. Some people give, it's like, oh man, I got like 10 bucks in my pocket, I'll just go ahead and give that. It's like, okay, uh, we appreciate that. I mean, from a standpoint, because it's like, okay, cool, it's helping our bank account, thank you. You know, you're helping us pay it's, a bill or something like that. It's thank some you. money. Yeah, yeah, it's some money, thank you. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, though, it's like, 
is that really like is that really the heart that God wants you to right. have? And I go to Genesis when he, you know Cain and Abel bring in their offering. You know, Cain brings his offering, and it's kind of the leftovers. It's like, okay, you know, here you go, God. Yeah. And then Abel brings in his offering, and it's the first fruits. Now, people would say, you know, well, this the, because it was the first fruits um, that Abel, you know, brought it forward, and that's why God celebrated that. And Cain, it was just a second hand of thought, so that's why God didn't. I was taught, um, probably in 2005, from a guy named Chris Rock. All right, not not the comedian Chris Rock, another guy by the name of Chris Rock. Okay, phenomenal thinker, man. And this guy, um, I wish I knew how to connect with him more because his thought process is phenomenal, uh, in my mind anyway. But one of the things that he he shared with me two things. He shared with me about C.S. Lewis. Uh, his quote that said, the prayer that precedes all the prayers made the real me meet the real you. Wow. I, yeah, and when I heard that quote, it's been my quote ever since. Like, I've, I've loved that quote. It has been something that, I mean, when you meet me, you're going to meet the real me. I'm not going to pretend to be something different. I'm not pretending to be holy and mighty because I'm not. I'm and, just, and suggesting that you even need God's help to be able to pull that off in the first place. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, that yeah. you just can't, everybody thinks like, this is me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much of me is me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You need God to be able to be the real you because you need to be secure in the fact that you are God's, not anybody else's. That's that. But the second thing was um, he, he shared this thought um, Oh, where was I going with this? My mind just went blank. Um, he was talking about something important. What was I talking about? My goodness, this is the fun part about podcasting. All I can do is think of things that I've heard Chris Rock say, <laughs> and it's the wrong Chris Rock. So. <laughs> but he was um, he was sharing something very important, and now my mind is blank on what he was sharing. But anyway, so we were talking about charity. We were talking about giving. We were talking about individuals. And he brought up, my goodness, my mind's blank. I'll come back to it, I'm sure. But um, but it, ultimately, though, for us as people, our hearts, our minds, what we give and how we give is so important. Um, and why we give is so important. And we have to be willing to say that um, it's not always about us You know, as we give. We want to give knowing that, oh, look what I did. Well, uh I think Jesus is pretty clear that when you do that, you have your reward. Mm -hmm. The idea is if you want popularity, if you want social status, uh, if you want to be um, seen as a good and charitable person, um, you can have that. That's all you're going to get. Yeah. And he actually asked us to, uh, when we give... Uh, I forget which hand is which, but uh, it would do but, not let your left hand know no, what your right hand is doing. Yeah. Right. Uh, or, or maybe vice versa. Yeah, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. I feel like the right hand in, in, in Jesus' culture is the giving hand. <laughs> you know? Yes. So, uh, but anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. The idea with that is that uh, we shouldn't advertise it. Um, so if you give and you advertise it, that's your reward, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of people uh, want to be looked at as I'm a charitable person. And to be honest, a lot of times that's to sort of, um, you know, take the pressure off of me. You know, if you notice that I'm doing well and being very successful uh, in life uh, and then I can advertise that I'm giving, um, it sort of takes away some of that, that judgmental stink eye that you get from people about like, well, how much do you really give back? You know, yeah. well, I'll advertise what I give back. So leave me alone. Yeah. 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 And so I guess because when I look at Scripture and I look at what Jesus was teaching and I look about, oh, that's what I was getting at with Cain and Abel. Woo! Whoa, I'm back. There it is. Um, so what, the other thing that Chris Rock told me about, this is this is the podcast. 
this is us. But um, <laughs> but what he was talking about with Cain and Abel was um, it wasn't about the offering itself. It was about who was bringing it that mattered. And he brought up the idea that Abel's name like, actually means nothing. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, like, there's no real definition to Abel's name. Like, and so when you when you look at Abel coming to God with his offering, that maybe it wasn't necessarily about the offering. It was about the person who was bringing it, saying, like, I'm nothing without you. Wow. And it was really interesting. But for me, like, when I look at that, I'm going, yeah. Like, for us to come to God and say, look, like, I'm nothing without God. So I'm giving back because I'm I'm nothing without him. Right. So everything I'm giving, there's a reason why I'm giving my first fruit. Because mm-hmm. without him, I'd be nothing. Mm-hmm. Without him, I would be nothing. I'm glad you brought it back to this point because uh, I, I felt like I bristled a little bit when um, when either one of us would say, my money. Like, where mm-hmm. is my money going? Yeah. Uh, as Christians, um, we... It, it's never my money. And I know, listen, American Christianity hates to hear that mm-hmm. because we really like money. Yeah. You know, Jesus said you cannot serve both God and money. And America said, watch me. Yeah. You know, hold my beer. We were, yeah, hold my beer. <laughs> we're going to serve God and money right now. And so, um, and it's in reality, what do you have? It all belongs to God. Mm-hmm. Um, if God commanded me to give everything now and and walk away from whatever little I think I have, I just have to do it. Yeah. And um, you know, one of the one of the things that I find helpful to pray often uh, is to start uh, start my prayers with uh, "Naked I came into this world, and naked I will go out." Just as Job said, mm-hmm. he said that when he was down to nothingness. Yeah. But it's true. What do I even own? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and when we have that heart, that mindset, then it's like we we can give more freely. Now, again, going into the debt culture, right? We okay. when yeah. you're when you're indebted, it makes it a little bit harder to give. Um, yeah. And we'll be talking about finances somewhere down the line in this podcast. But but let's kind of highlight that right now is that when you have a lot of debt, that you are you're being owned by somebody else now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's difficult in this world where you're like, oh man, but I got to have this, I got to have that. Yeah, you you may have to, but do you but do you need to at this moment in right. time? And and so when you're in debt to people, you're owned by them because you have to pay them out of your that of your money. That's right? yeah, very driven, sure. Yeah. yeah, and so now you aren't able to give as freely because you are owned by someone else. And this is why God says you can't serve two masters. And so when you in even in Proverbs it talks about um, being being owned by uh, like don't go into debt because you're owned like you're a slave to the person who gives you money like I mean and and, and that's a that's a poor that's a proverb that's, that, yeah, yeah the that, debtor that, is a slave to the lender yeah thank yeah. you I was like well, my gosh I'm, my mind my mind is horrible just right to now. be clear Bobby didn't just throw out the word slavery on his own that yeah. actually is 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 the way the proverb is worded yes yes right but but in reality though you are you you are being held captive by the person that you owe money to so you need to do what you got to do to manage your money right. And so um, somewhere down the line, we'll, we'll have this on here. And to be honest with you, I might actually get my wife on here to talk about that even more because she is like our financial guru. Awesome. Like, she is, she is, the, I was, I was horrible with money. Like, I'll, I'm honest about that. When I was younger, 
I'm horrible with money. I was never raised with money, so I didn't know how to handle it. Like, okay. I mean, I got money in my pocket. I burned it. Like, it was like, I'm, oh, man, I got to go get the next candy bar. I don't care if it costs 50 bucks. I'm going to buy a $50 candy <laughs> bar, right? Because I didn't think. And and, very much a live for today type yeah. of thing. Yeah, sure. And, and so, so my wife, though, she was raised completely different, and um, she learned how to manage her funds. And, and so she's taught me incredible amount of wisdom in, in handling money. She's phenomenal with that. So I'd love to have her on here talking about that. Because ultimately, the reason why we want to be debt-free is not just be able to like, oh, we can go on vacations. It's honestly, we want to be debt-free because we want to give more. Yeah. We want to be able to give more. Yeah. And we want to be able to give freely. And we want to be able to give in such a way that we just, like, we it, we don't, it's not like we care because mm-hmm. we have the money. Let's go ahead and help somebody pay it, pay a debt. Words, your financial goals, you know, whether you're talking about debt or whatever, it's not that um, you will achieve comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that you will um, be able to serve, mm-hmm. right? And that's it. That's why uh, we really don't, as Christians, we really don't own anything. Right. We're, we're stewards of it. Mm-hmm. God gives and takes away. Yeah. Um, but we should never be seeking to like, I, ha- I need this amount of money so that I can retire to this uh, life so I can sort of make a, maybe like a permanent vacation for myself or, right. or this sort of a, what I call it is heaven on earth. <laughs> People try to achieve this sort of like, you know, when I save up this much money for retirement, we're going to move to this uh, community in a warmer climate mm-hmm. uh, near, the, near the shore. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this feeling of then, you know, I can be happy. It's sort of like a pre-heaven. Yeah. And I said, what are you trying to do, create a, a heaven on earth? And, you know, I knew an old guy, uh, uh, a mentor of mine in Arizona. I'll bring him up often. But he said, uh, he, he'd said retirement is not a word in the Bible. It's not. You know, and his idea was that he was going to do ministry until he dropped dead. Yeah. You know, and he's still out there doing ministry, you know, and he's he's old enough and, and has the financial means that he could have retired, um, but he is just serving and giving and he will give you his last dollar if God tells him to. And, and the reality of it is, is like retirement isn't bad. Retirement, like retirement from your vocation isn't bad. But when you retire from your vacation, it doesn't retire you from Christianity. No. Like, it doesn't retire you from your faith. You like, can't retire from the, <laughs> yeah, the obedience to God. You right. can't retire from that. And, that. and I think for some reason that's, that becomes a mentality is like, okay, you know what? Like I'm, I, like for, I've heard pastors, um, you know, I've, I've seen pastors who have, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this church, I'm retiring, don't ask me to do anything more. Like, you know, and then <laughs> it's like they go away. Do they actually like move away? Yeah, they move oh. away or they... they <laughs> And, and I'm not like I'm that's just, typical hey, here, know? by the way. In West Virginia, um, the the number of people that actually stay in West Virginia when they retire is it feels pretty slim. I noticed uh, there was a huge group of uh, people retiring uh, around me for my life when I first started into my teaching career, and they would inevitably move out of state to either North Carolina or Florida. You know, yeah. and I can think is wow. They disappear as soon as they retire. Yeah, and, and then, then you got like selfies on the beach for you know for the next two or three years. You know, I mean, and and that's I'm not knocking vacations. I'm not knocking like go going away, doing some world traveling. I'm not knocking that, but I am saying like don't don't forget what what God has commanded us to do, right. and that's to give ourselves over to Him. When when Jesus is is talking to people again, and they want to bust them on something, you know, like they 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 ask him about paying taxes. Right? right, and he says, um, "Give to Caesar." Like, what what image is on the coin? Yeah. Well, Caesar's on the coin. Okay. Well, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God's. What's he saying there? 
Caesar's image is on the coin. It's almost as if he's just like, hey, the government owns the money. This is not Give this it. is not a th- my thing. You yeah. know? This is Caesar's thing. Yeah, like let, let, like pay taxes. Do what you got to do there. But give to God what is God's. Well, let's just think about that. Everything is God's. Everything is God's. So give yeah. to God what is God's. That means give him you. Like everything about you should be his. So So give to Caesar that image. Give it back to him. Okay, That's now fine. you're talking about the type of giving that I can do, which I never have money. I'll just be frank with you. Mm-hmm. I, hey, that's in the name of the frank and sense. Yeah. This is the frankness. I'm not sure where the sense is coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a school teacher. Uh, my wife, uh, it, she's a stay-at-home homeschooler. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have that, that one income. And uh, which, you know, means we probably make a, about half of the average... Uh, American income right now half of you know we we just maybe a year ago uh, technically achieved uh, middle class <laughs> so financially um, but the type of giving that we do um, because you know there's so many times when I wish I could just drop a million dollars on the local rescue mission mm-hmm. I would love that I don't have that you know mm-hmm. I would love to save them from their financial problems I would love to be that guy that could uh, pay their gas bill for the winter um, God's got other people doing that Thank God for them. But for me, it has to be the service. I, I have to give you my time. I have to give you my love. I have to look in your eyes. I have to hold your hand. I have to pray with you. I have to give you something to eat. I have to let your kids come over to my house, um, you know, have a good meal. You yeah. know, that's the only kind of, of giving um, that my wife and I feel that we're able to do. And sometimes we, f- we feel a little bad about that. We're like, man, somebody's raising money for something and what they need is money, you know. Uh, what else can I give them? Yeah, and and I think that in that that brings up a great point. Is that again though your heart, right? You're not you're. Ultimately, it's giving to Caesar what is Caesar's, giving to God what is God's. God is you. Like I mean, what God is you? God's what what is God's is you. So you give to God what is in you, what you can. And so if you are if you have excess, if you have if you have if you have money. And that's what you have, and you in because let's face it, a lot of people who have money, a lot of times don't have time, right? I mean, to, to a degree, you know sure. I mean? Because and, there, yeah, and I'm not that. and I'm not saying that the people who don't have money don't have time. I'm just saying that a lot of those people who have money are traveling, are doing things that they that they have scheduled in that regard. Um, because that's you know, part of the making money. Yeah, that's right. part of the making money. So, so for them, if all they have is what we can give is money, because I know people who have a lot of money. And they give. They wish they had more time to give to the church yeah. because they'd love to volunteer in the kids ministry or they'd love to volunteer in the the music ministry or they love. But they don't have time. But they have money and they give it. Fantastic. But if you don't have the money, don't use it as an excuse to not give because giving. Because the the unfortunate thing is what people have taken is that tithing. Right in the in the Old Testament, tithing was your goods. Right, I mean yeah. that was what you gave, you offered at the table. Mm-hmm. But now, when a Jesus, part of your livestock, a part yeah. of your crops, you yeah, know, a part of your orchard or but, vineyard, you know. Yeah, but then when Jesus came in the picture, it was like, let's redefine this a little bit. Mm-hmm. You still tithe. Tithing is not something that's been taken away. Right. But now it's a understanding of what does tithing look like. Tithing is giving you. Like yeah. it's giving yourself over to the to the process of God. Well, and and that being said, to you know, keep in mind that you know none of his disciples were what some people would call financially independent. <laughs> I mean, were were the rich disciples? I mean, Judas Iscariot was their treasurer. Yeah, he held everyone's money. I remember they were so poor that when Peter 
um, was faced with this idea of uh, paying the church tax. He says to Jesus, should we pay the church tax? And Jesus says, yeah, uh, go catch a fish and the money will be in its mouth. Yeah. And, you know, I, over and over I feel like Peter. It's like, you know, we're talking like two coins worth of tax, however much that was in, that, yeah. in those days. You know, it could have been $2, could have been $20. I don't know what he had to pay. For me, I get just as stressed out when someone says, you know, Here's a new new city ordinance, and you've got to start paying this now, you know? And I go, oh, my gosh, 50 bucks or 100 bucks. Like, where's that going to come from, you know? And, um, you know, Peter was that uh, stressed out about it, and Jesus says, go catch a fish. It'll be in there, you know? And over and over again, the Lord provides for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those two coins, figuratively in my life, come out of the fish's mouth, and I make it, and I say, thank you, God. I'm sorry I doubted you, you know? But the, but the idea is, is like, you know... He, he provided that for me um, so that I can continue to keep giving myself. You know, mm-hmm. Peter could continue to be his disciple. Peter could be the, the foundation of Christ's church. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus said, on you, I will build my church. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to jump back to that story a little bit because mm-hmm. one of the things that's really awesome about that is that what was Peter before he followed Jesus? Like, what was he doing? A fisherman, yeah. yeah. I had to think about that one for a minute. Yeah, so, so he was a fisherman. Yeah. So then he goes, and where does he find the coins? Oh, fishing. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Bobby. I never noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus used Peter's skill mm-hmm. to be able to do what he needed to do, for the, to, to be able to handle the task, right? Great. So Peter's skill was necessary to be able to pay what was necessary. So you, we use our skills to, be, to glorify Christ. And so when we are doing our thing for the church— what skills do you have that you can offer to the church to help bring about what the church needs? And that's so, where it is. And that's exactly where it's at. And so, so for us, when we look at Scripture and we think about giving, so because ultimately we've kind of got we kind of got away from the charity aspect of things. It's more about now what we're giving. I mean, well, giving and charity is the same thing. But but why are we doing the charity? Okay, okay. the harder now, why. Okay. Yeah. So now, for us to be thinking about what we're doing now. Why are we doing it? Are we doing it for us to get something, or are we doing it because we want to give back? Like, do we give to get? And prosperity gospel, I'm just gonna say it. That's what it would tell you. You give to get. You give right? to get. I've been to sermon. I've sat in sermons where a guy comes up and says, "You can give your way out of debt." Yeah. No. No, you cannot. Like, <laughs> you, that is. I mean, God may bless somebody by giving. That's awesome. But He's not. Like, that is. That's not why we give. We don't give in order to get something. We give because we've already received something. We received eternal life through Jesus Christ. Oh, 100%, that is yeah. why you give back. You don't give to get something in return. You don't. It even says like you can't like you can't work your way into heaven. So if you if you give because you're expecting if I give more then I'm going to make it into heaven. No, that's not the purpose. You give because you've already received eternal life through the through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, so you give. Because you've already received, not to get more. But then when we start thinking about why we do some of the things that we do, we have to check our heart. I know people who fast, who do things like that, um, who are who give to receive. They fast because they want to receive something. Mm-hmm. But Scripture actually tells us some completely different stories stories in that okay because i notice very often there's there seems to be a purpose to a fast Mm -hmm. like a focus yeah and 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 the focus a lot of times is about things that we want okay i'm fasting because i want to get this i'm fasting because i'm trying to understand this i'm fasting because i'm trying to get closer to god Mm -hmm. but in isaiah 58 actually there's a whole section about fasting in there um and why we fast in fact the people of israel were fasting and they were doing it 
um, he even says, he said, uh, I want to say it's, um, let's see, in verse, well, actually, we'll just turn to verse 1 of, of Isaiah 58. It actually says, Cry aloud, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet, declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. In verse 2 it says, Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments, they delight to draw near to God. And then in verse 3 it says this, Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. There it is. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's all about us, but yet we still oppress. And so now, when we think about fasting, when we think about... Oppress what your doing, workers. The yeah. people, not just like oppress people in general, but the people who are actually helping you to earn your living. Yeah. And then it goes on and says, Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? And this is where it, it kicks in. Is not this the fast that I choose, referring to God saying this? Yeah. To loose the bonds of wickedness and to undo the straps of the yoke? To let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And it goes on. Yeah, hallelujah. I mean, there it is, you know. Yeah. And yet for us, when we think about fasting, when we think about giving, we're always thinking about what it's going to do for us. But yet we should be giving because we're trying to set people free. We're giving because we're trying to loose the yoke of those who are being oppressed, who are broken, who are who injustice is rising upon. We are, we are, we are giving so that way the homeless can be welcomed into homes, that way they can have food to eat, the people who are hungry, the naked will be covered, right? We And, and then it says – don't and it says when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh like we need to be aware of our own like brokenness our flaws we fast so we are constantly aware of our brokenness like we 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 are fasting that way or we are giving also because we know that we are just one step away to being in the position that these people that we're giving to are yeah which if you're a christian that's just the reality of the human condition mm-hmm. you know this idea that um you know we've achieved so much you know yeah and what i have is mine and i worked hard to get what i have you may have worked hard but man it all belongs to god um there's a book that i have here it's a uh, called toxic charity by robert lupton um i'll, I'll most likely put it in the show notes uh, but anyway in this- toxic charity that's a Marvel supervillain, right? Yeah. <laughs> it could be toxic. She's cool. She's like she's, po- she's like Poison Ivy from, yeah. from the DC universe. Yeah, she she brings the heat. Yeah, but um, but in here he he brings up a um a quote from a French philosopher. Uh, I'll, I'll butcher the name, but it's Jacques Ellul. I don't know. That sounds right. But he says this. He says, <laughs> "I was sort of hoping you'd say someone I knew, but I've never heard him." Go yeah. ahead. So he says, um, he says it is important that giving be truly free. It must never degenerate into charity in the pejorative sense. Mm-hmm. Almsgiving is mammon's perversion of giving. It affirms the superiority of the giver who thus gains a point on the recipient, binds him, demands gratitude, humiliate, humiliates him, and reduces him to a lower state than he had before. Like, So for us, when we give in a way of, well, am I going to get anything out of this? Are people going to see me giving? Yeah. Um, 
and you and you want your gift to be acknowledged. Yeah. Um, like I'll send out thank you notes to people, but I very rarely will be like, I, I, like it's I don't I don't really expect one. Um, and I'm not saying that. Oh, look at me being so holy and righteous in my charity <laughs> giving. Um, but I'm saying though, like it's not about what we get back or what kind of light shines on us. It's the light shining on Jesus because yeah. we're giving. So when we give. You know, when we when we fast, when we when we do all these things in this season, because we're moving in the season of all these disciplines of I'm giving, I'm I'm fasting. Because even when Easter comes, you know, there's the the um, the Lent the Lent period, you know, where people give up things. Yes. And and in that time, it's a time of demonstrating, you know, of something, giving up something and demonstrating that. You see Facebook posts about all the things yeah. you give up. Which <laughs> yeah. should that really be it? No. Which sometimes it's like chocolate. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm giving. Nice things, try. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving up things that are going to make me feel. Like I'm doing something right, but it's really it's not demonstrating anything. And I mean, I can go on for that, but I'm just saying though, um, for the sake of time, we'll probably wrap this up here shortly. But I feel that giving is important. We need to be willing to give. We just need to check our heart as to why we're giving and what we're expecting out of that gift. Are we expecting to be glorified and lifted up because we gave? If so. Then you're missing the point. That's not the humility that that he was talking about, right? The philosopher, you just you know. And are you are you giving to organizations, expecting them to um, to to show how awesome you are, or are you giving to people because oh they're so poor and they need it and and I have it, so I'll give it to them. Like a sense of superiority. Yeah. Not even thinking like that. That could so easily be me. Yeah. And, and when we get when we can put our, it's empathy, right? When yeah. we put ourselves in their shoes and we say that could be me, I am one step away from being in their position. I am giving to them because I know that I know that they need it. Oh, there it's and, not about me; it's about them because I love my neighbors. I love myself. There are so many factors that can that can drive you into poverty that we don't even think about. We just take for granted um, the, the the benefits that we have when we're doing well. And uh, when you know, when I was working with uh, homeless ministry, you know, I really was young and really trying to think like I was going to solve homelessness. I think maybe everybody thinks that I was going to solve homelessness, or at least figure out what causes it, so that we could save people from it. And you know, you know what I learned causes homelessness? So many different things. <laughs> yes. It's so many different things. I couldn't put my finger on it. You know, for instance, uh, I know people uh, that struggle with addiction. You know. Um, or have addictive personalities, and so they become addicted to not just things like drugs or alcohol, uh, but gambling. Okay, mm-hmm. um, that's not that's not a hand that I was dealt. You know, there are people uh, who just come from poverty and never received any kind of way to get out of it. You know, they come from um, impoverished, abusive homes. Mm-hmm. I've met people who the problem is there is some kind of anger management that you know that that was caused by. Something in their lives or in their past, I don't know what it is, but they couldn't keep a job. You know, people who uh, you can you can get them a job. I knew a guy, for instance, who was a very skilled chef. Uh, he had been in and out of prison um, because he had anger management problems, and you know he would he would get into fights and fly off the handle and go way too far. Didn't have any kind of restraint while he'd served his time. Uh, we helped him uh, get jobs at restaurants, and and you know he'd be fine for like two or three weeks. 
then the stress would overwhelm him mm. and he would uh, just anger management he would yell at people and get fired even though he was a great chef you can't work with somebody like that and then there comes a point where he's fired from two or three restaurants around town and he's not going to get hired again in this town so he has to move on that made him uh, poor and probably, so I was, what I was noticing here was there isn't just like one thing you know, so then I start thinking about all the factors, and I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I came from a stable home life. Uh, I was given a good education. You know, um, I don't have anger management issues. I wasn't given drugs at an early age. You know, and so um, you know, I'm I'm a man, so I I was not pregnant at an early age. You know, mm-hmm. and so there are so many things that um, I noticed that like, wow, this is all worked out for me. You know. And it really humbles me to know that if any one of those factors had changed, I'd be on the streets too. Yeah. So I guess for me then, it's like my my closing thoughts on this whole thing is that we we need to give. We need to give. It, it's if you have if you have anything to give, what you do, if you're breathing, you're listening to this, you have something to give. You need to give. Uh, find your find your place that you want to give to. If it's your time. Find a way to, to volunteer with organizations. If you mm-hmm. go to a church, find your way to step into that. Um, if you have if you have money, you 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 are called to give it to help feed the hungry, to help mm-hmm. clothe the naked. And um, you know, I said in a sermon one time talking about money that you know God God's not all about taking your money from you. He wants your heart. Yeah, you know, He wants your heart. And if you can, if you have something to give, then give it. But don't give it out of a, a heart to to receive something. Give it out of a heart because you have received something. You've received everything through Jesus. Just because you love God. Yeah. You know, you love God and you're thankful. Yeah, and so um, I look at it and I say to myself, you know, I I want people to know that they don't have to give to receive the love of God. They've already received it. They don't have to give to be a part of anything. They, But we're called to give freely yeah we're called to give and when we do it we need to do it with a heart that is humble a heart um that is open and we need to do it in a way that we don't create limitations on where our stuff goes because it's not our stuff god will do with it what he does we just have to do it out of obedience to him yeah if you're concerned about it just say god you know this belongs to you put it where you need it yeah, if this organization does something wrong with it, then hold them accountable. I'm giving because I'm 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 trusting you right. with, my, with 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 the things that you've given me. I'm giving back, and I'm trusting that you will handle it the way it needs to be handled. It's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to remain obedient to you and to do everything to seek ways to serve and glorify you, not me. So when I fast, let me do it to seek the things that are hurt that are breaking your heart, and how do I serve into that category? Because those things that um, Bob Pierce, the founder of World Vision, he said, uh, let my heart break for what breaks the heart of God. For us, that's where we should be. When we give, we're giving to handle the things that are breaking the heart of God. Wow. When we are, when we are giving our time, we're trying to take care of the things that are breaking the heart of God. When we give our money, we are giving it to, to handle the things that are breaking the heart of God. It's not about our stuff. It's about God's creation being cared for, being loved, and how we demonstrate that by giving. Yeah. Um, and so charity is not about superiority. It's about humility. Yeah. So those are my final thoughts on that. 
I'm going to let you get the last word today. All right, man. Well, with that, hey, uh, episode four wrapping up. Uh, Merry Christmas uh, to all of you. Happy holidays to those who don't celebrate Christmas. Um, it's okay. I wanted to say that now. But if you're listening to this and you don't celebrate Christmas and you aren't a Christian, thanks for listening. Um, but just feel that you're welcome in this place. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All that stuff. And people will be like, wait, you're a pastor. Yeah. I love all people. There you go. <laughs> yeah. We have a diverse friend group. Yes, we do. Fun. We're going to talk about some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't – we are not going to tell people that if you're not a Christian, you can't listen to us. We are saying we have all people in our lives and we love them all um, for the glory of Jesus. So. Yeah. Call us up. Maybe we want you on the show. Yeah. Amen. All right. With that, we're going to wrap up. I'm Bobby. I'm Jared. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening. Rate us. Subscribe. Do all that stuff. It helps people find us. Bye. Bye.